Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 172. While I never look forward to the end of a cruise, I do enjoy sharing with all of you my experiences on board, and this week, I have a first-hand review of Royal Caribbean's newest cruise ship, Harmony of the Seas. This massive new ship is as impressive as it is large, and to be honest with you, I was literally blown away by the incredible options that are included with this ship. On this week's show, I'll be sharing with you what I thought about the ship, review the stateroom I stayed in, talk about the onboard dining options, and discuss my thoughts on how Harmony of the Seas ranks against other ships in the fleet. Here we go. I think it's safe to say that a lot of people have been looking forward to Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas ever since, well, the ship was even announced, and certainly with her arrival earlier this year in 2016, there have been many that have been eagerly awaiting their turn to check out what Harmony of the Seas offers, including myself. And just last week, I was able to go on two different Harmony of the Seas sailings. They were quickies, but they allowed me to get on board and check out the ship for myself. I was very excited for it, and this week, I'm sharing with you my review of Harmony of the Seas, which is, well, spoiler alert, an amazing ship. You know, I've been on a number of different new ships over the years, right? Quantum of the Seas, Anthem of the Seas, just in the last couple of years. And I've certainly been on other Royal Caribbean ships that have been refurbished over the last couple of years, including Navigator of the Seas and Brilliance of the Seas. But the changes and the in the uh, the awesome additions to Harmony of the Seas really stood out to me. And let me put it this way. When we're talking about reviewing a cruise, it's 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 a difficult task. But I can tell you that within an hour of being on board... I was on two sailings. My wife was on one sailing. Within an hour of me being on board, and with about within about I would say about two hours of my wife being on board, we both came to the same conclusion, which was, when are we going to be able to get back on this ship again? <laughs> it, that's always a good reaction to have. And what's interesting, and I think the first place we should start off with is, although Harmony of the Seas is the third Oasis class ship in Royal Caribbean's fleet. She is not just another Oasis class ship. Traditionally, when you get to the third ship in the class, you kind of more or less get the same of what we've seen before. Certainly, Ovation of the Seas, the third Quantum-class ship, is very similar to her sister ships. The third uh, Freedom-class ship, third Voyager-class ship, third Radiance-class ship. I mean, there's very little variations in in the sense that there's uh, not a whole lot of differences between them, and you'd really have to go to the nitty-gritty to find them. Now, Harmony of the Seas shares a lot in common with her with Oasis and Allure of the Seas, but I really feel like Royal Caribbean has added so many new innovations here that it has really made it into almost what I would consider a second-generation Oasis class ship. It'll be interesting, actually, to see what Oasis 4 ends up looking like because, you know, maybe they're just going to keep doing this, you know, keep on iterating. But, you know, my instant take from this ship is that it's really a Quantum-class ship pretending to be an Oasis-class ship because there are so many interesting Quantum-class additions to the ship that it really separates itself from her sister ships. And that's not a bad thing at all. I really enjoyed it, in fact, because it brought over so many of the things I loved about the Quantum-class and incorporated them into a wonderful class of ships, the Oasis-class. So I think from that standpoint, it really stood out to me, and I it really appealed to me. Very early on, within, I would say, a day or two of being on Harmony of the Seas, I knew that Harmony was now in my top, I'm going to say three favorite cruise ships. My question in my mind that I've been debating ever since was really, is this going to be my new favorite ship out there? And we'll get to that, answering that question a little bit later. But Harmony of the Seas is amazing. I mean, they just, I I never cease to be amazed by quite how much Royal Caribbean packs into any Oasis class ship, but certainly having Harmony of the Seas, there is so much going on here. And 
having been on Alert of the earlier this year, I felt like I had a pretty good take on, you know, what an Oasis-class ship experience is like. But the additions on Harmony are huge. I mean, the entertainment changes, the stateroom changes, the the decoration, the, you know, the, the art and, and whatnot. It really made a big difference in my mind, and I really came away with it far more impressed than I thought I was going to be. I had some level of expectation in my mind, you know, based on what, you know, I thought what a cruise on Harmony of the Seas would be about, but it blew all those expectations away nearly immediately. I was really, really impressed by what it offered. And this goes to, I think, also a greater discussion. This is true of all the Oasis-class ships, true of even the Quantum-class ships, which is, is it too big? That's a common question people have. Say, you know, am I going to be overwhelmed by this? I think that a lot of people are going to come away with two different reactions to Oasis-class ships. Either, wow, there's a lot going on there, or whoa, there's too much going on over there. I tend to be of the opinion that I like more is better, right? Variety is the spice of life. I don't think that I'll ever be able to do nearly half the things that are available to me on an Oasis class ship, including Harmony of the Seas, but I like having choice because inevitably we all cruise differently. And what I find enjoyable, you might not find enjoyable, but it's good to have more options than not have enough options, right? And on Harmony of the Seas, there are a ton of options on there, and but I think that's a plus. And I, was, I had an interesting conversation with someone who was on uh, another blogger who was on board and had the opposite reaction, which was that she basically said, oh, there's there's too much. I, I can't imagine. I would much rather go on a, on a smaller ship, which is far more manageable. And I kind of understood where she's coming from, that the, this idea that the, you know, there, there's, it's unmanageable. I disagree 100%. I think it is very manageable. I think it goes to people that listen to podcasts like this and read my blog that, you know, if you do enough research ahead of time, if you do, you don't have to do a crazy amount. You don't have to go to the lengths of starting your own blog and podcast to understand everything. But I think a little amount of research is not a bad thing. I mean, if you go to, you know, Myrtle Beach for a week, odds are you should research what are the best restaurants, you know? What, what, what's the weather like in the different times of the year? What are some tips that you can get from there? I don't think that's really that uncalled for when it comes to a cruise ship experience as well. That being said, I think that a lot of what Harmony offers is Fairly self-explanatory, quite honestly. One of the best things, and this is true of all the Oasis class ships, is it's very easy to navigate the ship. The neighborhood concept, you know, I think when I first heard the neighborhood concept back when Oasis was being launched, I said, oh, that's cute. But it really does help a lot because what Royal Caribbean does is breaks up the entire ship into different areas of the ship that are have a collective theme to them called neighborhoods. There are seven of them, and it helps really distinguish the areas from the ship. So it's not just one enormous area to go through. Now let's start with the staterooms that I was that I had. I again we were on two sailings. There was a three night sailing and a two night sailing. Both were to Nassau Bahamas. Both were separated by two days, so it wasn't continuous, but two quick sailings within a week. Uh, in the first sailing, I had a boardwalk balcony room. This is the first time I've had a boardwalk balcony room. I've stayed in a couple different times. Central Park balcony rooms. I really love them. I love the Central Park ones. So this is my first time trying out the boardwalk. I have to say that I like it as well. I love the idea of paying less than an ocean balcony and getting a view with your room and having that balcony experience still. Certainly for people watching, it's wonderful. I mean, if you're ever bored and <laughs> just go out to your balcony, inevitably there's something going on. In fact, on my balcony, I was about four rooms from the end of the hall, which had an advantage. Usually being at the end of the hall is not good because you got to walk a lot. But the reality was being four rooms away from the end allowed me a 75% view of the Aqua Theater. So when there were shows going on there, I was able to see, like I said, about 75% of it. I was missing the extreme left side of it and whatever the whatever the 
Ultimate Abyss was blocking, right? The Ultimate Abyss being that that massive purple slide that you see over there. That being said, I mean, considering I didn't pay for a Aqua Theater suite by any means, it was wonderful, and it was nice that I was able to check out what was going on in the Aqua Theater fairly easily, you know, and I think I probably could have enjoyed some of the shows from up there. I think still think in general it's best to go down unless you have an Aqua Theater suite, but that being said, it's a it's a great view. I think I prefer Central Park, but that's like saying that I prefer turkey over roast beef, right, or something like that. It's just a personal taste kind of thing. I like the ambiance just a little bit better of Central Park compared to the boardwalk, but I wouldn't hesitate to say in a boardwalk balcony again. Noise was not an issue. That's the most common question I got. Matt, is there a lot of noise? Do you hear things in your room during the daytime? Yes. Am I trying to sleep during the daytime? No. If you're really sensitive to sleep and maybe you've got really young children or you yourself are just sensitive, the best thing you can do is – you know, maybe not saying that if you're, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, you just, you cannot have any noise whatsoever. By nighttime, it was fine. Never an issue. I never was never woken up by noise from outside. So I certainly had no issues there. Like I said, I did like the people watching aspect of it. Being able to check out what was going on in the boardwalk at any given time was a nice perk. I enjoyed that, that aspect of it. And it, it really uh, was, it was a positive experience. I enjoyed it. Size of the room was great. In fact, what's funny is that I stayed in an ocean view balcony the next cruise. The size of the room was exactly the same. And what's really great about these rooms in general, especially on Harmony of the Seas, more so than even Oasis or Allure, is the amount of storage space they've added. This is a lesson that Rokerman learned from the Quantum class. They added a lot of different storage options on those Quantum class ships. And as a result of here on Harmony, we see those innovations there. There's a ton of space to put your stuff away in, not just stuffing it all under the bed, which is a great idea, but there's actually way more drawers, way more cabinets. I would think that on a seven-night cruise, you would have absolutely no problem putting all that stuff away into drawers if you're the type of person that tends to unpack on a cruise. So that was wonderful from it. You know, the room was was clean. Obviously, it's a brand new ship. Uh, Really, really nice. I like the recessed television. It was built into the wall. So it allowed for, you know, not it didn't jet out, so it wasn't like when you were trying to get back and forth in the room, any kind of issues there. I did also enjoy the nightlight feature of the bathroom. Basically, when the light is off, there's a dim light that's on there, which allows you to see in the middle of the night. So that way you have to turn on the light in the middle of the night when you're going to the bathroom and then be and then blinding yourself in the process or trying to do it completely in the dark and inevitably creating a problem. Uh, the, speaking of the bathroom, by the way, big and nice thing about the bathrooms on Harmony are the showers. They have the shower doors that are made out of, uh, I want to say glass, but I think they're really plastic, but they're see-through plastic, but they're hard plastic, and they extend outwards. So there's a lot more space. There's far less of this uh, kind of like you're you're jimming around when you're turning around. You can actually move your arms a little bit as an adult, and I think that was a really nice feature. So I really, lots of space, love the stateroom, cannot complain one bit. In terms of entertainment, I saw a lot of different shows on board, and I didn't see them all. And this was a little bit of purposeful and a little bit of just can't possibly do it all. I think that's part of it. I did not see Grease on board because I decided to save it for my upcoming seven-night Royal Caribbean blog group cruise on Harmony of the Seas in September 2017. I kind of decided, you know what? I I don't think there's any big surprise about Greece. It's kind of been around there. So I'll save that for my next cruise. I did, however, make a note to see this one particular musical. In fact, I saw it twice, and that was Columbus the Musical. This is an original Royal Caribbean production that... Uh, basically, the story the the story is it's based around Christopher Columbus's like long lost cousin who is trying to seek out his own adventure and fame. It's a lot of fun. It's a it's a comedy. 
The cast is outstanding, especially the the two leads, the Marvin character and Shirley, who is Marvin's girlfriend or whatever you want to call her, acquaintance. And it's a lot of fun. Very, very entertaining. I think a real uh, secret hit. I know everyone always points to Grease, which is a fine show. Don't get me wrong. But I think Columbus the Musical is a must-see show. I enjoyed it a lot, and I was actually so excited because on the second cruise, the media cruise that we were on, we actually got a copy of the soundtrack, which is awesome. So on the drive home from the cruise, when I was very depressed, we were able to listen to Columbus the Musical on the ride home, which was which is a nice thing <laughs> as well. The other thing is I saw The Fine Line, which is the main Aqua Theater show. There's also another one called Hideaway Heist, which I did not see. But The Fine Line is a high-flying acrobatic experience, very similar to the other Aqua Theater shows you may have seen or may not have seen on Harmony of the, on Allure of the Seas or Oasis of the Seas. I enjoyed it quite a bit. There were, you know, part of it was it's it's a very odd show. I mean, it's all about, you know, obviously uh, incorporating a lot of different dynamics. You've got acrobats, you've got diving, you've got extreme sport athletes, and it's, it's really interesting when they bring it all together. But I will tell you that it, the Aqua Theater shows in general are very unique, very cool, and something that I think you have to see on board. Now, the other thing that I, I always discount, a lot of people think do as well, are the ice skating shows. And I saw 1887, A Journey in Time. And this is a really interesting show. In fact, my wife said this was her favorite. In fact, the best ice skating show she's seen on any Royal Caribbean ship. A very cool thing. What's nice about it is there's actually a coherent story to it that ties all the scenes together. Usually when you see the Royal Caribbean ice skating shows... There's not really a story to it in the sense of an overarching theme. There's just a bunch of different sequences, different parts of the show. But this actually has a story to it, which is nice. And certainly great acrobatics. The bubble guy, I, that's all I can say, is amazing. I think you have to see it. And I'd say this about all the ice skating shows on all Royal Caribbean ships. They are much better than you think, especially if you've never seen one before. I know what you're thinking. I thought that too. How good could an ice skating show be, Matt? I promise you, it's really good, and you should definitely see it. Certainly one of the best ones. Now, the best thing I did, you want to say, Matt, what is the best thing I did on Harmony of the Seas? The most fun thing I did on Harmony of the Seas it was eating. But the next best thing I did on Harmony of the Seas was the escape room. Escape the Rubicon. Unbelievable. Now, I've done an escape room experience on Anthem of the Seas, but this is a new one, and there's a major difference in that on Anthem of the Seas, they they just took the escape room concept and, and applied it to uh, to the ship that already was built. In this case, with Harmony, they built a room specifically for it, and boy, does it make a huge difference. Now, if you're wondering what's an escape room thing, you know, I don't even know what this is. Well, an escape room game is basically you're locked, and I use the words locked very loosely because you're really not, but you're in a room for 60 minutes, and you've got to figure out a series of puzzles and and sequences and, 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 and games to figure out a an answer to an inevitable question at the beginning of the game. So basically, there's a bunch of clues hidden around the room, and you've got to solve these puzzles. There's various kinds. Uh, you need you can do this with with as many as few as six people, as many as twelve people, and everybody has to be at least fourteen years old in order to play. And I will tell you, this was the most fun I had on board Harmony this season, including any of the water slides or anything like that. It was an hour. Uh, we actually finished it with with just about a minute and some change left, so which was obviously gratifying. But it was such a different experience. It wasn't more of the same, right? You've been on water slides before. You've been to the pool before. You've seen shows before. You've seen musicals before. You've eaten at restaurants before, although that never gets old, if you ask me. But, you know, you've done all those things before. Escape room games are so, something, on cruising at least, that is rarely, if ever, done. And I thought Rokami did a phenomenal job. The room that this is held in is up on Adventure Ocean. So amazingly themed. It looks like a spaceship. 
supposed to be a steampunk spaceship, if that's a thing. And I, my, I tip my hat to Royal Caribbean. This is honestly going to be the big, the best thing anybody does. Uh, do it. Try it out. It's a lot of fun. You don't have to have, by the way, when I say the 6 to 12 people, you don't have to bring those many people with you. You just show up to it, and Royal Caribbean will take care of the rest in terms of putting you all there. The key, to, I don't want to give anything away to it, but a couple things. Number one, work together. Talk a lot with everybody in your group. And number two, look everywhere. Don't assume anything is the way it is. Be very adventurous in your exploration of this room that you're in. It's the key to, to winning it, especially the faster you find things, the faster, the more likely you will be to win it all. Now, the one show that I will tell you that I really didn't enjoy all that much, I actually left about a third of the way in because I was just like, okay, that's enough. That's the Let's Celebrate It Parade. Now, Royal Caribbean describes this. Let me, let me read the description for you. You don't really need an excuse to celebrate when you're on a cruise, and here's one anyway. Let's celebrate. The ultimate celebration of celebrations, Halloween, birthdays, St. Patrick's Day, Valentine's Day, 4th of July, and New Year's Eve. It doesn't matter what day it really is. We're celebrating them all, all at once, in one wild and crazy parade that you will never forget. I don't know. Maybe my expectations were out of line. It's entirely possible. Sometimes, you know, you, you have something in your mind built up, and it doesn't live up to that expectation, and it, it's inevitably not what you wanted. Maybe that's possible. My wife had no idea what this was going into it, and she kind of was on the same thinking as me. Anyway, it's a parade. It's exactly what the description says. There's a bunch of different sequences to the parade where they go around. I'm like, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. They play some music and some things. I, 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 maybe because it was held at midnight, and I was assuming it'd be a little more adult oriented, not like you know, like raunchy or anything, just not kitty. But it felt very kitty like. And maybe, again, this was on a short cruise. So it's entirely, it's entirely possible that. On a seven-night cruise, this will be held in the afternoon, and it's really intended for kids, and I'm overthinking this, but I really found it kind of uh, not that great. <laughs> Let's put it that I'd left in the middle. So uh, I will, I you know, I got to call a spade a spade. I didn't love it, but there was plenty else going on, so, you know, don't feel too bad for me that I wasted 10 minutes of my life. I did see some other things. The nine totally awesome 90s dance party, street party, was great. Certainly, if you enjoy 90s music, if you were a child of the 90s or you just enjoyed 90s music in general, that's a great thing to do on there. There's plenty more. There's plenty more entertainment I didn't even get a chance to see. But in general, amazing. And there's always something going on at night. These are all brand new shows, by the way. I got to give a real credit where credit is due. You know, this is not the same old time. These are not shows you're going to find on any other ship, with the exception of Greece, which is on Independence of the Seas as well. But, you know, it, it's still amazing to me that they have all that stuff there. Now, let's go to dining and talk about where I ate. I'm, and believe it or not, I didn't eat as nearly as many places as you may have thought. I did eat at Sabor, of course. Check that out. Very similar to the Sabor experiences on the other Oasis-class ships. I still think I prefer the Oasis, the Sabor experiences on a Freedom or Voyager-class ship. But, boy, they have got tasty guacamole. Excellent food. Would not hesitate to go back there a bazillion times. Really, really good. The one place actually stood out my mind that I was blown away by, surprised by, if you will, the Windjammer. The Windjammer, Yeah. It is massive. Having just been on, again, on Allure of the Seas in February, I remember distinctly how small the Windjammer was on that ship because, again, Royal Caribbean decided that when they were designing these ships, oh, you know, the Windjammer is not the end-all, be-all place to go. They wanted to build a number of places, right? That's why they added Park Cafe and, and Cafe Promenade and Sorrentos and a bunch of other places as well, Mini Bites, because they wanted people to spread them around, not go to the, hit the Windjammer like you do on other ships. Well... The reality is people always go to the Windjammer anyway. And on Harmony of the Seas, it made a huge difference. It was massive in the sense that the way that it wrapped around from side to side, I never experienced the kind of issues and crowding that I experienced on Allure in the Windjammer. It was amazing. 
The only reason you'd want to skip the Windjammer, especially for breakfast, is because they still don't have an omelet station back there. You have to go down to either Mini Bites, the main dining room, or Johnny Rockets for all complimentary, by the way. But I was really impressed by, in fact, not only that, the food. Boy, uh, this is, attention anybody who, I know there are many of you that are, are curry fans, as me, Indian curry fans. The best Indian dish I have had on Royal Caribbean, I don't know how long, was on board one of the nights for dinner in the Windjamer. We had an alu gobi curry, which is a curry that consists of, uh, of potatoes and cauliflower. Amazing. I, if I had, I told my wife, if I had brought Ziploc bags with me on this cruise, I would have filled them up with curry to bring off the ship. I really would. I swear it. I would. Now I'm thinking for that Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, I got to bring Ziploc bags. <laughs> it was that good. Amazing. But in general, the selection really, really good. I loved it. One of the best around. Um, I also ate at Johnny Rockets. Very similar to every Johnny Rockets you've ever eaten on any Royal Caribbean ship, but nonetheless, very good. Um, the other ones that I ate at were the uh, – I did eat at Mini Bites for lunch one day. Mini Bites is essentially the wipeout cafe that you have on Oasis and Allure. You know, it's it's burgers, fries, hot dogs, those kinds of food, quick and grab and go. I actually made a taco salad for myself there. I got – they had all the ingredients that usually you would put as, as toppings for a burger. I'm going to just – yeah, and they had and they had uh, chili there, so I just made myself a taco salad, which was great. Um, the other interesting thing that you have over here, uh, Sorrentos, yes, the pizza that everybody loves to hate or hates to love. Maybe that's what it is, uh, but it's the same old Sorrentos. Wonderland. I actually got a chance to eat at Wonderland. This one I was very proud of. Uh, checking this one out for myself. Wonderland. I've checked out on the Anthem of the Seas and Quantum of the Seas. Here's what I'll say about it, Wonderland. <clears throat> In the 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 room is much bigger, much more ornate. The most beautiful Wonderland you've seen to date. The the Wonderlands on the Quantum Clashers are very small. Probably the size of like a Sabor on a Voyager or Freedom Clash, if that means anything to you. But on Harmony of the Seas, it's two decks. It is a fantastic view of the boardwalk. And they really went to town with the decorations here. It's clear that in on Quantum Clash ships, they were like, well, we don't know if people are going to like this. And on Harmony, they already knew this was going to be a huge hit, so they really doubled down on it. It's really great. Now, in terms of the experience, the, it's the exact same experience as on the Quantum Clash ships. So the the presentation, the shtick, if you will, of Wonderland, exactly the same. Food was amazing, but I will tell you that uh, it's really the, the decor that, that is the difference here. So if you've eaten on Quantum or Anthem or even Ovation of the Seas and, in Wonderland and you're thinking, Matt, do I, I, should, I, should I go to Wonderland on Harmony? Well, if you're hard-pressed and you'd rather eat somewhere else, then the answer is probably no. It's the same experience, just a different view. And you can, if you want to see the view, go there during some other time of the day when they're not serving. You can check it out for yourself. But if you've never done Wonderland before... You could absolutely chalk it up as a uh, very representative experience of Wonderland. And again, another wonderful uh, job well done by Royal Caribbean. One other minor note about dining, and again, this may be because of the different sailings. Your mileage may vary. But the room service menu was really paltry. There really wasn't a whole lot on there. I'm not even complaining just because there wasn't honey-stung chicken, which of course, as you all know, I love. But... There seemed to be very few options. In fact, for breakfast, I mean, there was just barely anything. I remember one morning I wanted to order breakfast to my room, and but the, I looked at the options. I'd forget about it. I'm just going to go out and grab something from Cafe Promenade later. Kind of interesting. I, again, I don't know if that's a permanent change or just a Harmony of the Seas thing. And I'm not the biggest room service guy. I mean, usually we, when we order room service, it's like a... Oh, we're getting ready for dinner, and we're kind of the kids are kind of hungry, so let's just grab something quickly. Which you can. Just the menu is 
smaller than I remember on other Royal Caribbean ships. Something else I did for the first time is I worked from my cruise. Yes, believe it or not. I know you say, Matt, what are you crazy? Well, it was that or not taking the cruise, so I went with this. But I did actually spend one of my days on my cruise actually working. And for those of you that have thought about this as well, the answer is it is entirely possible. I was able to use a solid VPN connection to my work, which allowed me to connect to my uh, network back at work. I was, of course, Royal Caribbean has Voom. And despite the fact that a lot of people were on Voom, I had no issues with with the VPN connection dropping. I was able to do all my work that day. I was able to make phone calls using the ATT over Wi-Fi connection, basically my, my phone. And a lot of carriers do this as well, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint. They all have this option where you basically uh, enable calling over Wi-Fi. And I was able to do this, make calls, receive calls, no issues at all. So I would say that you can absolutely do this. Now, of course, the question is, okay, Matt, now book another cruise, my friend. Go on a seven-night cruise and work during the week. <laughs> I don't know why that's such a why that would be more of an issue. It's not an issue, but it's more of a mental hurdle than anything. I'm not sure I'm getting to that point yet, but it is proof of theory that you can absolutely work. So definitely uh, something great to do there. In terms of technology, ton on here, ton. I was able to use, of course, we mentioned Voom, the inter- high speed internet worked great. One nice thing about Voom here on this ship compared to on, say, when we were on Freedom of the Seas is that it kept the connection even when you turned your phone, quote-unquote, off. On Freedom of the Seas, if you were connected, and then, you know, on a phone, you you hit the power button just to, you know, turn the screen off. It's not really off, right? Anyway, you turned your phone right back on, you would have lost the connection. On on Harmony, not so much the issue. There, The only issue I ran into with the Voom is the issue that is prevalent on every single Royal Caribbean ship, which is... If you're in an area with a lot of people trying to use the internet at once, it doesn't work. But if you're somewhere else that there's not a lot of people around you, it's not a problem. So let me give you an example. You're in the Aqua Theater. You're watching a show. There's a lot of people there and a lot of people are using the, the, the internet. What's going to happen, what can happen, not all the time, but can happen is the internet doesn't appear to work. You're, you're connected to the network, but you can't do anything. Nothing loads. It's like then you say, oh, this boom doesn't work, right? But if you were somewhere else exactly on the other side of the ship, you were in the casino, you were back in your room, wherever, they would work fine. I think this is a problem with Royal Caribbean's internal network architecture, not with the Voom connection itself. And what I mean by that is that the repeaters, throughout the ship, there are repeaters that provide the internet signal throughout the ship. There's not just one place that the internet signal emanates from. It's repeated every so often. You'll see them all around the hallways. There are these whitish, beige-looking devices with a little fin on the bottom or top of it. And they repeat the internet signal. The problem is they're very easily overwhelmed, as the example I gave earlier. So what can happen is if you're in an area where there's a lot of people trying to use the internet at once, it won't work. But if you leave that area and go somewhere else, it'll work fine. So this is and this is not limited to Harmony of the Seas. I've experienced this on pretty much every single Royal Caribbean ship that I can think of. I remember being on Quantum of the Seas when the first ship to have Voom, and I wanted to, uh, I was in Periscope, I wanted to, I think I wanted to do just a live video stream like on Ustream or something like that. Back in the day, remember when that was a thing? Anyway, I wanted to do a video stream, and it wouldn't work. And I said, oh, this Voom doesn't work, right? It's a lie. The cake is a lie. The Voom is a lie. But the reality was there was just too many people trying to use it in the area I was at. So my pro tip, this is true for all Royal Caribbean ships. If you're ever using Voom, and it's not loading anything, it's not working, right? And you say, oh, it doesn't work. Go somewhere else. Go to a different area that's less crowded. It'll work fine. And... That was definitely the case on here. I also was able to use WoW bands, which I love. I'm a big fan of the WoW bands. Royal Caribbean really doesn't mention them all that much. In fact, they're they're not even advertised. You have to really know about them. But these are the RFID bracelets 
that Royal Caribbean offers. If you're in a suite, grand suite or above, you'll get them for complimentary for uh, included in your room. But all other guests can purchase them for four ninety five. Now, I had old WoW bands from Anthem of the Seas and Quantum of the Seas. And all I did was went to guest relations, and I exchanged them. No problem, no questions asked. They knew exactly what I was talking about. And they took my old bow band, gave me a brand new one, no cost. So for four ninety five, if you figure if you're going on another ship again, you'll be able to reuse it for no cost. Totally worth it to me. And I loved the convenience of them. I know some people don't love them. I love them. I, I think it's so much easier than digging in your pocket for those C-Pass cards. And to me, it was worth it. It was worth it. So I really, really, really enjoyed the WoW Bands. They made a big deal for that. I also use the Royal IQ app, which is great. This is the smartphone app that's available just, again, on Harmony of the Seas and the Quantum-class ships, not on any other ships yet. I just love having a cruise compass in my pocket, and not a paper one, obviously, a digital one. The nice thing and the nice feature, which I absolutely love, which is that you could go through the cruise compass on your phone, right, and you scroll through and be like, oh, look, there's trivia at 3 o'clock. I'd like to go there. And you can actually add it to your own calendar. So that way later on when you're like, what time was that trivia at? You already have it when you launch the app immediately on your own little My Calendar feature rather than having to dig through the compass to figure out when it is and where it is and all that stuff. It was a nice feature. I liked it a lot. It certainly allows you to do other things like book dining and other features. I didn't use it on this particular sailing, but I definitely enjoyed it. And I, and I echo, I'm sure, what a lot of people were thinking, which is please, 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 please let that uh, feat, the Royal IQ app go out to more ships because it's really useful. Even if it's just the compass on there, I think it would be super awesome. So having it really made a big difference. So in short, I had a great time on Harmony. I really, really did. And this leads me back to my original question, which is, you know, is it how does it rank, Matt? Is it, is it my favorite ship? Is it my least favorite ship? Did I hate it? I didn't hate it, obviously. But where does it rank? And as many of you know, my favorite ship to date was Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. I've, I've always enjoyed the ship. I thought it was a great ship. And even having going on Anthem of the Seas, Quantum of the Seas, and Allure of the Seas recently, you know, it didn't really surpass them. I mean, I thought they're all great ships, don't get me wrong. And I, if anybody wants to offer me a cruise on any of those ships I just mentioned, I'd be happy to go on them. That being said, I, Matt Hotchberg of Sound, Mind, and State, do believe that Harmony of the Seas is my new favorite cruise ship in Royal Caribbean's fleet. I really was so impressed by it and loved every minute of it to the point that I just I, – I not only did I have post-cruise depression, which I'm experiencing right now, but I really am now judging all other ships by this, and it's going to be tough. Now, granted, I'm going back in September, so it's okay, and I'll, and I'll make do. Of course, you know, there are elements of every ship that – you know, no, no ship is perfect. I enjoy certainly – I think the 270 space on the Quantum class is still superior to the Aqua Theater space on the Oasis class. I still think that the value of a Voyager class ship cannot, you know, possibly be touched, let alone come nearby from an Oasis or a Quantum class ship. Um, you know, but but again, the Voyager, Oasis, and uh, class ships offer quite a bit to do on board. And but again, I am of the opinion, by the way, a couple things to keep in mind. Number one, I really really like the uh, the 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 uh, array of opportunities of of entertainment on board. I think having too much to do on board is a good thing. If you don't think that, you know, then obviously that's going to quickly curtail your experiences on board. But I do think that it's not overwhelming. I think it's just simply a matter of understanding what you're getting yourself into and being able to plan accordingly. Knowing that, okay, well, there's going to be multiple showings of Columbus, multiple showings of Greece, and you got to you know pick and choose which ones you want to see. You won't be able to see see it and do it all in one cruise, but that's not a problem. That's called booking another cruise, <laughs> having a very good excuse for coming back on board again. And I loved it. 
I love the Terminal 18 experience. Uh, that's, of course, the terminal that Oasis and Allure were selling out of uh, until now. now. Allure still sells out of their Oasis moved up to uh, Port Canaveral. But it's a wonderful ship. Really, truly one of the best ships I've sailed on. And that's why I really feel like it's my favorite, new favorite, Royal Caribbean ship. You know, despite everything else, I, I still think that it is now uh, my favorite. And I am super excited to go back on board in September. And I hope that you'll be able to join us for it. And, and you know, this is a shameless plug. But we are going to be sailing on Harmony of the Seas in September 2017. And I'm inviting you to join me for it. I want every single person who's listening here to be able to join me for it because I want these group cruises to be as inclusive as I as I possibly can be. We're going to have a lot of fun on there, and I want to explore this ship with you as well, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. So if you can, if you're interested, if you want to get a free, no-obligation quote, check out uh, our more information about this. Go to royalcreamblog.com slash events, or go to our show notes at royalcreamblog.com, and I will link to it for you. Make it easy-peasy to get to it. I'll tell you, it, it's a it's a fabulous ship, and it is a great example of the latest and greatest that Royal Caribbean has to offer and just the, the new gold standard for cruise ships in the industry today. All right, friends, it's time to answer your listener emails. I love doing this. This is part of the show where you send me your emails about anything Royal Caribbean related, maybe something you heard on the podcast, maybe something on the blog, and we get to talk about it here. And, our, of course, if you want to send me your emails can do so very easily by sending me an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And our first email this week comes to us from Emily from Corpus Christi. Thanks for the great blog and podcast. I just discovered them recently and been devouring them at a rapid pace. I leave on Liberty of the Seas on October 30th and have a few questions for you. One of the stops is Belize City. I'm already planning to golf Black Pearl and Cozumel and do a beach day in Roatan. I'm unsure what a fun Belize excursion might be. I live on the beach in Corpus Christi and really don't do another want to do another beach day. What are your thoughts on the historic tours available in Belize? Seems like there'd be a few options, but I don't want to pay a lot of money only to find it's a hokey one-hour uh, kind of tour. Any thoughts on can't-miss Belize excursions in general? So let's start there. There's a couple other questions Emily has. I think there are probably two or three things I can think of off the top of my head that Belize is well-known for, and if you're going to go there, this is your must-see. So number one is going to be Mayan Ruins. Belize has some really good ones as well. You can book this through Royal Caribbean, but Belize is... If you're going to go there and you're not interested in a beach day, that's definitely number one. Number two is diving, scuba diving. I, I know you mentioned no beach day stuff, but I don't know if scuba is incorporated in that because you're not really on the beach or in the water. If you're scuba certified or thinking about being scuba, scuba certified, diving in Belize is going to be amazing. Second only perhaps to Cozumel. But, uh, you know, if you are certified, that's something that can be right up your alley. If you're not, usually what happens actually is Royal Caribbean offers a scuba class on board the ship kind of like in in the first day or two that you can take part in i I don't know if it'll actually be offered on your cruise emily on liberty but i've usually seen it offered and then you can do the excursion afterwards so and if that's not your option obviously snorkeling is the next best thing to it it's really amazing to be able to do that kind of stuff over there in belize so that would be my picks for the top must-dos Emily goes on, on a seven-night cruise, what is the general order of dress between casual, smart, casual, and formal? I'd like to try Chop Scroll for the first time since you recommend it so highly, and would rather not do that on a formal night since those are always so much fun in the main dining room. So in what order do the different recommended attire nights go? Great question. On a seven-night cruise, you can have two formal nights. The first one is always on the second night of the cruise, and the second one is on the fifth or sixth night. kind of depends on your itinerary, so it's hard to say. As long as you book your chops, don't book your chops on night two or night five or night six, You'll be safe because all those other nights are going to be casual nights in the main dining room, uh, and and you'll be fine there. So, 
no issues there. Uh, and lastly, Emily wants to know, possibly most important, what is Halloween like on a roller coaster ship? I'm bringing a low-key costume, but I've never heard of cruising on Halloween before. I can't find a whole lot of info about it. I was thinking of decorating my stateroom door and taping a bag to with a few handfuls of candy for passing kiddos. Is that even done? I'll miss handing out candy at home this year. Thanks for all the ideas and input. This is my fourth Royal Caribbean cruise, and I'm looking forward to trying some new things. The larger ship is Liberty, as well as Promenade View staterooms. I've only ever had interior staterooms before, so this will be fun. Emily, great question. Thank you for the email, by the way. So Halloween is probably one of the bigger holidays Royal Caribbean celebrates. This obviously would occur on Halloween Day on board. And the really cool thing about this is there are a number of different events. It'll depend on your sailing, of course. But you'll have things like there will be trick-or-treating. There will be on, on Harmony of the Seas where they actually had a haunted house. There'll be costume contests. So, yeah, definitely bring your, bring your, your costume. I love the idea of doing a little trick-or-treating and offering up candy on your door. I certainly make sure it's pre-wrapped stuff, not, you know, open candy. That would kind of seem a little... Uh, for sanitary reasons, that might be an issue. But, you know, if you want to bring a, a number of candy bars on there and, and give them, uh, dole them out, that can be a great option as well. So it's a lot of fun. Expect a lot of different events, especially on Halloween Day and, and into the evening as well. Uh, so bring your costumes. To absolutely get dressed up. It's a lot of fun. It's basically a big Halloween party on board. And if that's of interest to you, Emily, I think you're going to have a great time. Next up, we have an email from Colin, who writes, Good afternoon, Matt. First off, let me say how great you do on the podcast. Your knowledge and enthusiasm is second to none and makes it a joy to listen to. I love the way you keep us up to date with all things Royal Caribbean. I booked a kid sale free for January as real for the blog, and as we managed to get a price under $1,000 for four people on a five-night Independence of the Sea sailing, then the heads-up on the drink package sale really saved me some more money. Fast forward to last week and the episode on sweets. Well, I was looking at the week before Christmas as the kids are out of school all week, and lo and behold, boom, there's a crown loft suite on the five-night Oasis sailing on December 18th for $4,100 total for four people. I have access to special rates being an airline employee. I figure after looking at numerous other prices on similar sailings, that's pretty much a no-brainer option, especially considering it was only $300 more than a junior suite. YOLO book it, right? Absolutely, Colin. <laughs> We've sailed on Royal Caribbean before, but never on an Oasis-class ship, and certainly never in a suite. This brought up some specific questions that, as of yet, I have been able to find answers for. When you say you can have dinner in your suite, does that mean ma- food from the main dining room, coastal kitchen, or any restaurant? I realize that Sky-class, I must still pay the surcharge, but I'm not sure what's available to have brought up. My understanding of it, Colin, I could be wrong, is it's from the main dining room. I have never thought to ask about the other specialty restaurants. I mean, the other reality is many of the restaurants you offer takeout. I mean, Sabor, as an example, does offer takeout if you ask for it. I did this on Freedom of the Seas. They had actually posted an option. It, 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 it said on there that you could get guacamole uh, made and brought over to the schooner bar, which is nearby. But the reality was the guy gave me, the waiter gave me the whole menu. like, what do you want on there? So you can order as much as, as you want, really. Uh, but I would talk to concierge about that. Secondly, as a Sky Class guest, do I need to have reservations for shows, or can we just show up in the suite area? There's only one showing of cats since we have booked it so late as the showing is not available. Generally speaking, there is. You, again, you should talk to the concierge uh, about that. They usually have a, 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 a array of tickets for suite guests, so that would be there. Any special tips or tricks for the suites only beach at Labadee? From photos, it looks like the floats are included there, but I can't tell for sure. Also, I was able to ascertain that there is Adventure Ocean on Labadee. Do you or your listeners have any experience firsthand with it? I don't know where you read that column, but actually they closed that Adventure Ocean on Labadee. Uh, this was as of when I was there a couple times 
earlier this year, they used to have a facility on there, on both Labadee and Kokoke, but they actually stopped doing that, so I'm back on board the ship, and this is, again, I was on, this is back on, on, um, on Navigator of the Seas and Alert of the Seas, we had similar experiences where there are no, there is no Adventure Ocean programming on board on Labadee, it just occurs on the ship. And finally, a silly question perusing my kids and me by default. Have gotten to Pokemon Go since our suites include internet. Do you know if there are any little monsters to catch while on board? I don't think I could go much further in the opposite directions, having a Sky-class suite and four people inside a room in less than a month. But I'm guessing that one in the small room is going to be a little bit tougher. A day at sea is a great day, so we're going to hold on to that. Thanks again for all you do, and I look forward to your show every week. And if there's any way I can contribute, I would love to. Colin, thank you so much for the email. Uh, in terms of your question about Pokemon Go... You know, I am quite the nerd, quite the geek, if you will. I never got into Pokemon Go. I thought I saw somebody post a screenshot of it back when it was really big when it first came out. I'm going to be honest, Colin, I have no idea. (laughs) I thought I read there might be one or two, like when you're in port, but generally speaking, the locations of, as I understand it, the way that Pokemon Go uh, runs, it relies on predetermined locations that are defined by a... A, a mapping that was set up by the app developers other thing they did, I know it's a really bad description but essentially there's a mapping of where these locations are based on real world locations and the ship obviously is not a real world location in the sense that it's not, it moves all, all over the place, so I don't think you're going to find one but I'm also by no means any kind of a Pokemon Go expert if anybody has any experience with Pokemon Go on board their Royal Caribbean ship. I would love to hear your thoughts. We can uh, help answer this for Colin. Colin, I think you have a great idea, though. Going in the sweep. Talk about YOLO. Book it. You're 100% right. You know, for that rate, on that kind of a cruise, you're going to have a fabulous time. That Royal Sweep class really makes a big difference there. So, well done, Colin. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about the Sky class when you get back. And we have time for one more email. One more. And I think we're going to go with this email. From Mike Dinsbar, it's Matt. Here's something I don't understand what that Royal Caribbean does. We have the ultimate drink package for our upcoming cruise. On one of the stops, we bought a couple bottles of wine at a winery that we toured. It would be to Royal Caribbean's benefit that you drink wine that you bought off the ship rather than the wine you already paid for. Maybe I'm missing something. That's a fairly good point, Mike. I'm glad you brought it. So Mike's logic is, well, if you're buying the drink package, right? You're, the more of the benefits you use for the drink package, the more, the higher the cost for Royal Caribbean for you, right? So if you have, if you drink, I'm make twelve cocktails a day, you know that's going to be, they, you know that that's coming out of their bottom line. The less you drink under the package, the more money they make off of you, theoretically, right? Then that, that's that's a fair point. The 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 rule about not bringing wine on board the ship is this simple, and alcohol in general as well. Is that if you bring, if you're apt to bring that, you're less likely to be spending money on board their ship. Now, granted, this rule is created before the drink packages, but I, t- I think the logic holds up. If you know that you can go on bo- on any island and buy wine or liquor, right? Then before the cruise or during the cruise or both, you're gonna think to yourself, why would I buy the drink package when I can go get I can go get these drinks on on land and bring it back and drink for far less because you're not paying the upcharge that the Royal Caribbean charges for its wine. And therein lies the issue. You're right. If you have a drink package, that'd be a different thing. But I don't think Royal Caribbean wants to get into the business of trying to police people that have a drink package versus not a drink package. It's just too complicated. Now, if there's ever a day where everybody gets a drink package and it's part of the cost, which I don't know if that'll ever happen, but if they did, then yes, I think you're 100% right. 
But the second that you allow people to start bringing alcohol on board the ship beyond the two bottles of wine that currently is there, it starts to make the decision to buy a drink package, I think, less attractive. And I think that's the reason why they don't allow you, even though you have a drink package, to bring it on board. Because, again, you're not thinking of it back... You're, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally, Mike. You're not thinking... That's a Back to the Future quote. You're not You're not thinking about the bigger picture that if once you know that rule's in place, then you will rethink your original thought of buying the drink package in and of itself. Does that make sense, Mike? I hope it did. And if not, you can just say, Matt, you're crazy and move on from there, which you wouldn't be the first person to say that. <laughs> I love these questions, and I'm glad that uh, for everybody who sent me those. And if you want to send me your emails, do me a favor. Uh, send me an email by uh, sending it to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Well, that will wrap up this week's episode of the Royal Queen Blog Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here. I had a lot of fun doing it. I hope you did as well. Love when we get a chance to talk Royal Caribbean here every single week. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.